Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Les Roberts, the award-winning author of the Milan Yakovich mystery series. His latest, and the 18th in the series, is the Ashtabula Hat Trick, which was released last month. Les, welcome. Thank you, Steve. It's nice to be here. It was a pleasure for me to read your book. This, this was my introduction to your work, so I'm, I'm going to go back and, and read from the beginning because I really enjoyed this, and I really enjoyed Mylan. Uh, give, give listeners a little sense of who he is, the backstory, and, and, and this character that you have created through 18 books. Uh, Mylan uh, is a born and raised Clevelander. Uh, he is Slovenian, uh, Slovenian-American, of course, um, when we meet him in the first book, Pepper Pike, which was published in 1988, um, he is newly divorced. Uh, he's living in a, an apartment in Cleveland Heights. Uh, he used to be a, a Cleveland cop. He used to be an MP uh, in, in Vietnam. And now he is a private investigator. He prefers... Uh, doing uh, industrial security, but it's not working out that way. He keeps getting sucked into murders and violence and stuff like that. Uh, he is a, um, he's a large man. He's six foot three. He weighs 230 pounds. Uh, when we first meet him, he uh, smokes Marlboros and he drinks Stroh's beer. Although uh, over 18 books, he no longer does that, <laughs> because I never did. Never? And never. I, I, I never smoked cigarettes, and I, the only Stroh's beer I ever had in my life was about four years ago. A friend of mine took me to lunch uh, at a restaurant where he knows the owner very well, and apparently she is a big fan of mine. And she was so excited to see me that she said, I've got a surprise for you. And she brought me out a Stroh's beer. And of course, I had to drink it. <laughs> of course. I grew, I grew up in Ohio. I never smoked. But um, from my, in, in my youth, I was a big fan of Stroh's beer in Ohio. I don't know how far Stroh's beer actually goes. It's pretty regional, isn't it? Uh, yeah, mostly in the Midwest. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started writing the Milan books, uh, I had never heard of it, but uh, I was in contact with a lot of Cleveland people, and uh, especially one guy who is Slovenian by birth, uh, sent me six uh, typewritten pages of what Slovenians wear, what they eat, what they drink, uh, their family life, their religious life, everything. And um, I learned that they all, at the time, drank Stroh's beer and smoked Marlboros. <laughs> and uh, Slovenians, uh, as opposed to Serbians, who always have a big, thick head of hair, Slovenian men tend to uh, go bald fairly early. So Milan, for 18 books, has been fighting uh, his hairline, uh, disappearing slightly. And when you started this series all the way back in 1988, did you have yep. any sense that it was going to be this long-lasting? No way. Uh, I, first of all, I was not living in Cleveland at the time. I had been here for four months doing a job, mm -hmm. and I started writing the books. And, you know, as I'm sitting uh, writing the, the 19th one now, 
uh, I think, how did this happen to me? <laughs> but what happened was that when you when you're writing about Cleveland and you write a book called Pepper Pike, which was the first one. Uh, you have no idea that everybody in, in Ohio is going to read it. And so I, I became locally uh, a local celebrity, if you want to call it that. And I kept coming back from Los Angeles to Cleveland to do research and to do promotion for the books. And finally I thought to myself, because I'm a Chicagoan by birth, I love the Midwest, and I thought, why am I living in Los Angeles now? I'll just move to Cleveland. And I did, and that was uh, 25 years ago. So that and, was, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Cleveland has changed a lot in in that time. It has, and it hasn't. <laughs> uh, it's still, uh, and in fact, uh, I was talking to my dentist yesterday about uh, uh, the Browns, which uh, uh, they performed dismally. Yes, <laughs> and um, I said, "How is it that all you people?" have spent your whole lives loving this team. They even disappeared for several years. They came back. They were terrible. They've been terrible every year. But yet, in the middle of baseball season, you open the uh, newspaper uh, to the sports section. That's all about the Browns. Uh, and I don't understand it. I mean, you know, I like them. I enjoy watching the games. But that's Cleveland. And, and Clevelanders are very, very, very proud of this city. And uh, I think that what's going on here now uh, is really putting us on the map, first of all, with LeBron James, mm -hmm. uh, who plays for the Cavs, of course. And secondly, we are having the Republican National Convention here uh, next year. Uh, they're, they're really working very hard to spruce up downtown. So, you know, I think everybody is very, very proud. I'm not a Republican, by the way, but I'm, I'm very glad that they're coming here and bringing mm -hmm. a lot of money. <laughs> and it'll shine a spotlight uh, on the city. When I, when I was in Ohio, I, I, was, I am still, I've always been a big sports fan. So I would drive up and go to Browns games. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to go to a game in the old Memorial Stadium. Yes, but in, in Memorial Stadium, no matter where you sat, there was a pole in front of you, basically, at least for exactly. me. <laughs> so I've never been to any of the new stadiums, and I've missed the last two basketball arenas because the only Cavs games that I saw were in the old downtown arena that was not, not a cultural landmark. We'll, we'll call it that. Um, right, right. But, you know, but all of the sports facilities seem to be fantastic now. The city has just gone through this incredible revitalization. And when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of mysteries that took place in Ohio. So for people living in Ohio, this must be really fun for them to read this series, and especially to have uh, this new book set in Ashtabula, which I'm sure most people don't even know how to pronounce. But growing up in Ohio, I, I knew what Ashtabula, Ashtabula was. Right. So tell, well, tell us about the new book and, and sort of the story set up for the new book, Les. Okay. Uh, for the past uh, couple of books, Mylan has been dating uh, an African-American cop named Toby Blaine. And uh, Toby is asked to come up to Ashtabula, uh, Ashtabula County, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, uh, it, it hardly anything ever happens. And they've had two murders there in the past two weeks. And there's only a three 
uh, man, uh, police department, uh, in, in this fictional town that I made up called Queens, Queenstown. And uh, so they call uh, the Cleveland police for help, and they send Toby. Toby says to her boyfriend, Mylon, why don't you come up with me? We'll have a, a good weekend. Uh, and, of course, uh, when they get up there, uh, then they uh, there's another murder, uh, which is – and, by the way, all three murders are very different uh, types of murders. So they don't know if there's a serial killer or there's – three different people doing these murders. Uh, they start investigating. They uh, wind up uh, talking to the head convict uh, in a prison in Kaniat, uh, Ohio. Uh, and there is, by the way, a prison up there that is privately owned, uh, as so many prisons are. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of... Uh, Got under my skin when I found out about it, uh, and this um, this guy uh, uh, his his name is uh, Elijah <clears throat> Elijah Jackson, and everybody calls him the Prophet. He runs the, the he runs the prison. He ma- he's making a fortune uh, uh, with his uh, drug business, uh, and he never leaves the prison. And he's giving you know the. Uh, and the, the warden of the prison, uh, a couple of bucks every year, every every week rather, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they start talking to him. They wind up uh, in a, uh, a a meth house where they they cook meth, uh, real hillbillies. Um, you know, they they just uh, interact with all the people uh, in the city, uh, which is also. Uh, number one, kind of racist, and they can't stand it that they see a romantic interracial couple. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, they are very, very homophobic uh, up there. So uh, all, all this kind of uh, falls together. And I decided to write this book. I, I had the, the, the plot in my head, and I was going to put it somewhere in mid-Ohio, and I didn't know where. And I was invited to uh, come up to Ashtabula and give a talk. And two weeks before that, they asked me to come up and be on an early morning cable talk show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's 85 miles from my home. Uh, so I said to the librarian who had asked me, I said, I'll come up there and I'll do this show with you if you will spend the rest of the day showing me around Ashtabula. Uh, and we had a, a great day. She, you know, she drove me all over the place, and I'm taking notes like mad. Uh, and I, I thought to myself, no, I can, I can set this book in Ashtabula County very, very easily, and I can describe it better because I've, I've been here now. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what happened. And when the book came out, uh, I had not heard from anybody in Ashtabula County and I think that some might be upset because, uh, and I do this in all my books, but somehow people in Ashtabula got uh, bent out of shape about it. My books are whodunits. You never know until the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have all these people, and they're all going to be suspects, otherwise it's not fun. And if they are suspects, we have to find out that in one way or another they are all corrupt. Mm 
uh, you know, whether it's sexually or financially or, uh, you know, politically, whatever it is, they're, they're corrupt people. So uh, I'm hoping that as you read the book, uh, you will suspect one, and, oh, no, it's not him, it's her. Oh, it must mm-hmm. be this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do that with all my books, but uh, apparently, uh, certainly the... Um, uh, book reviewer uh, up there from the Ashtabula newspaper decided she would not review my book because she was very insulted by it. Um, <laughs> she probably did not note that in the uh, acknowledgement page uh, I say, listen, I made all this up. People in Ashtabula are very, very nice, which is true. Well, um, people in Ohio in general are very, very nice. So, but yeah, you're right. If, if you go, if you go to small town Ohio and and try and put a, a, a crime novel there, if you don't have bad people, it, it's not a very interesting crime novel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you mentioned Les that you started writing your, the first book in the series while you were living in California. At yes. that At Earlier in your career, I looked through your bio, and you've led an incredibly interesting life. You've, you've been an actor, and you've done a lot of writing for TV. And I think a lot of times we think of writing for television, and, and we think specifically of writing for series television, which you've done some of. But you've also yep. done uh, writing for game shows. You were actually a, a producer for Hollywood Squares, the first producer, right? I was the first producer for Hollywood Squares. I was also the head writer. Uh, and, uh, you know, over, over the three and a half years that I was uh, working for that show, I can't count the number of big celebrities that I met and worked with. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was very, very stressful. Um, and the, the fact that before I was 30 years old, my hair was as gray as it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it was a lot of fun, and it was exciting to meet, you know, people that I had grown up, you know, watching on the big screen and the small screen. Oh, some uh, of the and, some of the biggest stars in the world were on Hollywood Squares back then. I, I can right. remember racing home from school to see it. I didn't know that there was anybody that was writing anything. You know, as 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 someone watching these shows, we assume that it's just all unscripted, and there's just one question after another, and the guests are incredibly funny. The great guests are incredibly funny because we made them funny. <laughs> now, there are there are several celebrities. Uh, uh, Wally Cox, for instance, was, mm-hmm. uh, was on every show until we lost him. Um, Wally said, don't brief me about anything. I'll just sit up there and I'll do what I do. He was always very funny. Uh, Don Rickles, of course. No. Uh, he, he didn't mm-hmm. want to know anything. You know, he just... And he was amazing. But for most of them, Paul Lind, which was, he was probably the biggest star on that show, uh, we wrote all his jokes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't take a, a back seat to anybody. He was the best one-line funny guy I have ever, ever known in my life. And, and with uh, and him, if you're writing jokes for him, they have to be different than someone else because he had a certain personality. Uh, I, now I guess we'd call it snarky. Um, but, but he Very had, snarky. He had – the joke for him wouldn't work for the, the, the woman sitting next to him, for example. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and that's why 
as I say, you know, we wrote jokes for a lot of the people that were supposed to be funny. Charlie Weaver, uh, Cliff Arquette was his real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, he, we wrote jokes for him. Uh, we wrote jokes for guests like Jan Murray and Marty Allen and, uh, you know, a, a lot of other people. But we worked the most hard on Paul Lind. Uh, and almost everything he said got a huge laugh. And he got a, a huge laugh, not because I wrote a great joke or one of my, you know, staff guys mm-hmm. wrote a great joke. He delivered it yes. better than anybody I've ever known. He he was a master of, of delivering a, a one-liner. And Definitely. it wasn't just Hollywood Squares. Uh, it, you've, you've worked on The Lucy Show, The Andy Griffith Show, and even The Man from UNCLE. I, that, I thought that was yep. kind of cool. So you've, you've worked all over the place, and I, I think I read where you've either written or produced more than 2,500 half hours of television. You know, when you say that, Steve, it makes me feel exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted just reading about all that you've done, and then... 25 years ago, you moved to Cleveland and, and start writing this series. You, you've written several other books. You have other series. Uh, you're a busy guy. I am a busy guy. Uh, the older I get, the busier I get, uh, because uh, you know, I'm too old to go out and get a job now. Uh, and if I stop writing, what am I going to do? Watch Jerry Springer all afternoon? I mean, <laughs> got to do something. I, I I also saw that you do movie reviews. You do movie reviews yes. with with another woman at a site called Greenlight Reviews, and I, I think these are probably on the radio or on television or something. But you must also have retained an interest in popular culture uh, enough to be doing these reviews. Well, I started going to the movies when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my father used to take me every Saturday to the movies and Sundays to the zoo. So, uh, And I, I grew up loving, loving movies, mostly now, because we still have to see you know, several movies that we don't want to see all the time. Uh, you know, because we we don't always give them good reviews. Mm-hmm. But you know, I remember the the older movies uh, that I saw, and they were just great. They were so great that I have probably a thousand DVDs oh, wow. uh, of movies uh, in my house here, and probably eight hundred of them are movies that were made before 1980. Uh, so, you know, uh, I just love the movies and, uh, even, even going to a, a terrible movie, uh, and I knew it was going to be terrible when I walked in the door, but that's how it goes. But I think to myself, I'm going to the movies. I get to go to the movies today. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful because I, you know, I have a pass to several theaters. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's great. And, uh, the woman that I work with is Ann Elder. Uh, and uh, if uh, anybody remembers her, on the old Laugh-In show, uh, when Goldie Hawn left, they wanted to get another kooky, sexy, blonde girl, mm-hmm. and they hired Anne. And she was on uh, uh, Laugh-In for several seasons. And uh, I got to know her uh, slightly in Los Angeles, uh, and... Then she moved to Cleveland, I guess about 15 years ago, and called me 
Uh, and she said, uh, I didn't know you'd moved here. Somebody told me, and, you know, uh, you're a big deal in Cleveland, which I'm not, but okay. So we got to be friends, and then she was offered the chance to review movies on the radio. And she said, I can't do it by myself, uh, but I'll do it with Les Roberts. So that's how it happened, and we are now in our 10th year of, of reviewing movies. And I, I actually listened to a few of them this morning just to get a sense of your voice and things. You guys, you really do a nice yep. job. And there's an art to, there's an art, it's sort of a lost art to reviewing movies because, I don't know, it, when I was growing up or even 10 or 15 years ago, there were a few different sources for, for movie reviews other than things like Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. And, and those are slowly but surely dying out. It, it's nice to see professional quality movie reviews done anywhere well you know i used to love and i never missed uh cisco and ebert yes me too uh, because they were not only great at what they did but they had very different tastes uh and it was almost impossible to get two thumbs up for a movie because one liked it the other hated it uh and that was uh, absolutely terrific and i've read Almost every book that uh, that Roger wrote, mm-hmm. uh, he was he was an astonishing, kind, wonderful man, and uh, you know so all these things. Uh, although I, I love writing, uh, and I mean I love writing. I'm an addict. Mm, you must uh, be. <laughs> I, I can't. I yeah. I can't wait to get up in the morning and do it. You know, it's 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 great. But I adore movies uh, and. Uh, you know all the movies that uh, uh, that I don't have. You know uh, here at home. You know I check uh, Turner Classic Movies uh, and a couple of the other channels every day to see if there's a movie that I want to see. You know that I don't have. It's uh, it, it, it's a great life. It really is a great life. Uh, I I have taken up enough of your time, and this has been really fun talking about movies and 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 your interesting life. But you know, we started out talking about your book. So, where can readers find the Ashtabula Hat Trick and the rest of your books? Well, they're all uh, on Amazon. You know, they're all e-books. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, probably every bookstore in Northeast Ohio. Uh, carries them. Every library carries them, uh, and all of them. Uh, and if you can't find one, uh, and you want to have the book in your hand, call any bookstore, and they will order it for you, and you'll have it within three days. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I wish that uh, I was uh, as popular in the rest of the country as I am mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Uh, if I were, I would be Stephen King. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that would be but, okay. <laughs> uh, it sure would be okay, and I think he's—I think he's a, a great writer. Yes, he is. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if you want to read me, there are all sorts of ways you can read me. Uh, I have the eighteen Milan Yakovich books. I have six books uh, about a private eye named Saxon who operated in Los Angeles. Uh, I have two books out about a. Um, Basically, a contract killer called Dominic Candiotti, and uh, uh, the, the two books are called "The Strange Death of Father Candy" and "Wet Work." 
so there's, uh, you know, and then I have a book of short stories and uh, a couple of other standalones. Uh, but they're, you know, they're all, they're all e-books. Uh, and actually, if you if you really desperately want to hold a book in your hand that I wrote, get in touch with me, and I'll, you know, if I don't have one in a closet somewhere, I'll, I'll try to find one for you. And the best place for people to get in touch with you is probably your website, isn't it? Yes. Uh, everybody write this down so you don't forget that lessroberts.com. L-E-S-R-O-B-E-R-T-S dot com. I will have that in the show notes at crimefiction.fm. Uh, Les, this has been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. I, I'm sorry we went a little bit long today, but I had so much fun I just uh, I couldn't keep to our uh, pre-agreed-to time limit. So thanks so much for, for being with us today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me, Steve. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you do stop by the website, please sign up for the email list. I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like The Ashtabula Hat Trick from Les Roberts. Thanks for listening.